0: Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news, and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Well, I'm joined again here with Peter Nanula of Concert Golf Partners. This is a board chat. However, this is going to be a full episode for us to have Peter on, which is a nice treat. Peter, how are you doing, sir?
1: yeah it's a weird time to say I'm doing well, but I guess <laughs> we're quarantined and we're we're staying safe, and our clubs are booming with golf right now like everybody else's
0: yeah I know it's it's just, just amazing I, I go to my club all the time here and it it, can't, it it never ceases to amaze me how busy it is and especially in Florida in the summer. it's been busier than I've ever seen it, even in the season, which is wild,
1: yeah, it's a strange time, but yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, golf is one of the few things people can do that's
0: outdoors and safe. Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of a two-edged sword, as I think we'll get into here in a, in a little bit, because I know there's been a lot of exuberance in the industry lately about how good golf is doing. And while that's true, I think we also need to be a little uh, cautiously optimistic, at least. And um, we'll talk about that. But let's talk about this article you just put together it came through a couple weeks back. Uh, You put out these wonderful email blasts. And by the way, if you're not subscribed to Peter's newsletter, highly recommend you sign up over at concertgolfpartners.com and and, and get on his newsletter. But you, Peter, were talking about uh, Paul Revere. That was the analogy you used. And I love that. So if you could just lay that out for folks um, in terms of of what that means and the uh, possible coming recession, I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, the, I mean the big, the big upshot from my piece was that normally you don't have a warning of a recession like in 2008 happens fast, and all of a sudden there's carnage throughout the economy, and it's very hard for policymakers to respond. Whereas here, we've got a good warning, right? We've got a epic sort of public health nightmare that has spiraled out of control. And right now, because the Federal Reserve, as you know, has pumped three trillion dollars into uh, various forms of liquidity, propping up stock prices and asset values of just about everything. And because you know Congress has passed what two trillion, going on three trillion of stimulus, yep. unemployment More. benefits,
0: More PPP
1: loans to lots of clubs. Yep. You know, there's been an, uh, an unprecedented response from the government. To basically you know stop the pain which is great the problem is that the legs on that stool are going to get pulled out pretty soon they can't do that forever and people are going to wake up to the recession that is actually already here and so Paul Revere the Paul Revere analogy is you know someone's riding through the street saying the British are coming and nobody's listening right now because we are already in a nasty recession like today, the actual facts for the second quarter came out. GDP shrunk by thirty-five percent, which didn't even happen in the Great Depression, if you can believe that.
0: Now, was that over the last two months, or is that just last month? What was that? That's,
1: that's Q two, right? So that's uh, April, May, June, the quarter that just ended in June. Yep. GDP shrunk by over a third. That's Normally speaking, you know, it's going to grow by two, three, four percent. And if it grows by 1%, people are howling on Wall Street. Or if it shrinks by a percent or 2%, there's stock market sell-offs like crazy. It just shrunk by 35%, which is unprecedented. And nobody's watching it because stock prices are very high. If you own Tesla stock or a lot of other things, Facebook, you're thinking life's pretty good.
0: I've been scratching but, my head. I, I don't like. I don't know. I mean, maybe you've got some more insight. But I mean, are they pricing in inflation? Are they, you know, are they just uh, trying to prop the prices up and exit at a good point? What do you, what's going on with it?
1: The best explanation that I see out there is called Tina. There is no alternative to owning stocks. <laughs> yeah. Stock. yeah which means if, if interest rates are zero, right, there's nowhere to earn a yield on your money, really. So you just put your money in the stock market. And so everything is inflated, everything, Yeah. right? It's, and so at some point that that cycle changes and we just don't know exactly when.
0: Yeah, and we're, we're about to come to a pretty big cliff here. We're already kind of coming towards it where you had the, like you mentioned the PPP money, which is now expiring for a lot of businesses who like even my own business, you know, I just, I think my last PPP money that I used was last, last week. Um, You've Mm. got the unemployment checks, which are coming to an end, the $600, you know, which was keeping a lot of people floating. And you've got the uh, mortgages, the, the fact that you've that people who had a forbearance for three months on their mortgage, that's now all coming due. And uh, it's, it's, we're really right on the cusp of something maybe even larger, it seems like. Would you agree, Peter?
1: Well, I would agree completely. So I think Congress will cobble together some short-term fixes for all the issues you just described. But they'll be smaller. They'll be shorter. And, and like I said, the money doesn't last forever. So they'll, they'll, they'll prop certain things up for a few more months. But the bottom line is the underlying crisis is already there. People can't pay their rent. People can't pay their bills. And the minute you remove the artificial stimulus, people are hurting. And so imagine 10 or 11% unemployment this month, next month, December, next year. When unemployment goes from 3 or 4% to 6%, people scream. 10, 11% unemployment is a major depression people aren't even talking about that yet but believe me in a few months they'll be talking about that
0: yeah i, th- I think we could overlay even the, what's going to happen in november and depending on which way that goes you know things could go yeah. one way or the other too so i mean right now i see so much as i alluded to in the beginning you know exuberance from golf courses hey golf is up we've got so many players we've got you know um you know more more people coming to the club than ever before i mean Do you think that that trend is going to continue? It doesn't seem like it can with (laughs) the way the the economy is going.
1: Yeah, we're we're seeing the same thing, Gabe. We have 21, going to be 22 clubs next week. All of them are setting records for golf rounds. All of them. Literally, we have some clubs setting 50-year records for rounds of golf. So whenever I meet with boards and they say, we're so busy, it's fantastic. Well, of course, every club in America is basically a monopoly. Because it's one of the few safe leisure activities there are, so right. of course your club appears to be busy and doing extremely well right now.
0: But of course, that also comes at the expense of weddings and events, which is a huge revenue maker for clubs, and that's got to be <laughs> practically zero, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So the rounds of golf are up, memberships are up. Uh, people are saying we have more more members than we had four months ago. Yeah, same with us. But food and beverages off banquets, weddings all of those outside revenue sources are off, right? And so people are sort of misjudging the financial health of their club or finding, right? And seasonality factors in like you were just saying, right? We're in late July, it's summer. Summer, you know more about membership marketing. Spring and summer is not when people quit private clubs. Right? That happens in kind of November, December. We're gonna have resignations then and you didn't have all the profits from weddings, right? So what are you going to do this fall in your budgeting process? Increase dues, send out an operational assessment to overcome some of your budgeting shortfalls? And, and what I've read from other people is the number one factor that causes people to leave a club is a dues increase above normal or, or an assessment.
0: Yep. So That's yeah. what
1: I and others are expecting to happen.
0: Yeah, and when you've got business owners who are probably the you know the people in your community that are most likely to be members, they're the ones who are actually hurting. It it doesn't it doesn't bode well for what's coming down the pipe. So, what sort of solutions you know would should boards be looking at, Peter? And uh, what steps should they be taking right now to insulate themselves as much as they possibly can?
1: Well, listen, we we did a podcast a while back with you and uh, some industry leaders. I remember uh, Jeff de Cruyff, Um up in Northern California, uh, and was it Miles? Yeah, Miles, Miles Tucker, heard. we were talking about reforecasting and budgeting. Remember in March, April, yep. all these clubs were all hands on deck, the staff and the boards. Give me a sixth budget that assumes the following, right? Because everyone was grappling with this thing. Right. I think we entered a new phase where what you're describing, golf is booming. And so most of these board members and staff are like, thank God, I don't have to do a new budget. And let's just enjoy ourselves. <laughs> but the problem is Q3, Q4, you know, let's call it the fourth quarter. You're going to start to see the impact of resignations. The boom in golf is over when the golf season is over. And then you've got to deal with the fact that you may have a cash shortfall and you've got to plan for next year and the virus isn't going to be gone. So what's your plan? And so, you know, what we're suggesting to people is have that same planning mentality you had in March and April. Let's do some forecasts for cash flow, and let's get our capital stored up. And if that means we have some wealthy members, we go to, we've seen a few clubs doing that, uh, you know, some sort of funding plan with them talking to people like us, right? We have a comprehensive solution. We're working with more and more clubs right now uh, that are, you know, confusing the club with millions of dollars of capital to do improvements they've been putting off and get rid of their debt. Uh, but basically the planning function, it doesn't need to be with us, but they should be focusing on membership, marketing, and cash planning. That's that's my overall prescription for clubs.
0: Yeah. And maybe find a way you can lock your members into a 20 year term. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that would be a neat trick. <laughs>
0: Yeah, getting well, the good getting's good. But no, you're right. I think, you know, I know in my own business, as a business owner, I was, you know, eligible for certain loans. And I, even though I didn't necessarily need the money right now, it's, I took the loans, mm-hmm. knowing that, hey, it's better to have a, be sitting on a little capital, but a lot of clubs don't have that um, luxury. There's not banks that are going to, you know, give Yeah, capital just to sit on for just-in-case times. So that's why... No, but
1: that's a good suggestion, Gabe. These uh, credit lines, we do talk to a bunch of clubs who have a bank and they may have some mortgage loan. But having a credit line, now is a good time to expand it, make it larger. Because basically what you got to do with your bank is you got to get to the other side of this cash flow challenge, this recession. So if you give yourself, you have a $250,000 credit line, bump it up to a half a million or a million if your bank will do it for you. If you have a loan that's due in the next year or two, go and try to negotiate an extension to five years, right? Because if we're in a two or three year recession, which is what they normally are, it's going to be ugly for the next few years. You do not want to have your loan coming due right in the middle of that, right?
0: Right, exactly. Um, But then again, you know, for instance, I, I had a line of credit pre-March and the bank just decided across the board to stop all lines of credit. So that, I mean, (laughs) Uh, you have the line of credit that can always happen too. So I mean, you know, sometimes your back's up against the wall, which is why a solution like yours seems more and more as things like this happen, it seems more and more (laughs) the way to go for clubs. Um, And uh, you know, I'm obviously a big proponent of it or else I wouldn't have you on the podcast every month. But um, if 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 folks do want to maybe explore some of the options concert has in in terms of capital infusion and um, making sure that members feel like, for instance, I feel very good that I know I'm not going to get assessed. Right? Um, there's yeah. a lot of people and a lot of clubs who who are just waiting for that that memo to to, to drop on them uh, if it hasn't already. You know, we've heard a lot about a, a lot about a lot of clubs over the summer. Or this' especially in April who are, who are beginning their assessment process, and that's a scary time and um, uh, if let's talk about some of the options that you provide at at Concert Peter.
1: Yeah, yeah,, so you know one of the elements of all of our partnerships with clubs is to pay off their debt because we're finding, like you said, your line of credit can get pulled, your mortgage might be due at the wrong time, or frankly, you're just writing checks for three, four, five hundred thousand a year to your bank. Wouldn't it be nice to have that money going back into facilities, golf course? So paying off their debts, getting rid of assessments forever. Member assessments are the biggest killer of membership, right? People quit when they get a surprise bill. Um, And, you know, doing improvements now, frankly, we're, we're taking advantage at our 21 clubs of the fact that parts of our facilities are down, right? Indoor dining during this coronavirus is not a thing. So why don't we do a bunch of capital improvement projects now inside of all of our clubhouses? Let's do it. Well, not every club is doing that right now because they don't have the capital and they feel a little bit you know, up against the wall. So these are some of the elements of the partnerships we strike with clubs. And I'm happy to chat with these boards, regardless of whether we're the right answer for them. Most of the time, we're just directing them to people like you, Gabe, that can help them with membership marketing. We're directing them to banks. We're suggesting different strategies they could use, uh, helping them with hiring, or just giving them advice because we're in the industry and a lot of these board members are not.
0: I love that. And I hope you, you uh, tell everyone they need membership marketing. <laughs> yeah, no, do. The, the, they do. They all do. The clients we've worked with, actually, this summer, it's been... Um, it's been really, really good for them. And we've seen, like you said, I think people that canceled their family vacations, now they've got some extra capital. Hey, let's join the club. Um, This is, this is the time to maybe capture some of that. But um, because the, like you said, the lean months are coming Um, probably quarter four, as you mentioned. And I know there's a lot of hope for, you know, some, some vaccine miracle to happen in September, but it's very, very unlikely. I think. We're probably looking more like spring 2021 from most of what I've read. So, um,
1: Well, and even so, Gabe, I mean, I just find a lot of the talk about vaccines is very glib. I mean, it is true that there's a huge pipeline of very exciting vaccines and therapeutics, a huge pipeline. It's an unprecedented global effort to get a cure for this thing, right? The problem is once you see a first vaccine hit, It's not going to 7 billion people. Right. It's not even going to work. It's not even going to be effective in most people. It's going to help this segment of the population. And then there'll be a a treatment for this portion of the people. And so what you're going to have is a multi-year process of addressing this until it's like the flu. And you and I, we got kids, we've been dealing with the flu all of our lives. You get a shot, somebody catches the flu, you get treated. And so now the flu is manageable. This coronavirus thing isn't just going away once 7 billion people get a shot in December. That's not how it works. And I think a lot of people have that sort of casual understanding. This, this is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really not. It's going to be kind of a slow dance until we get it under control over the next couple, three years. right? And so if people thought that way, they probably plan for their clubs financial picture differently too
0: that's a very good point there's going to be people that just refuse the vaccine on both sides of the political spectrum that for too whatever reason so yeah uh, it's it's not like you said it's not it's not going away and we can't really sugarcoat it and <laughs> be too optimistic that it's just all of a sudden going to disappear off the face of the earth it's pretty much here to stay well it's going to be a problem for yeah i agree use.
1: yeah well what do you say gabe when you're meeting with clubs and they are just enjoying the fact that they're in the middle of the golf season playing record golf. And finally their board duties, uh, you know, can be pushed to the side because we can just enjoy our club. Cause I find that a really frustrating part of it. They just don't want to take the time. What do you, what do you say to
0: them? Yeah. I mean, you never, you, there's no lack of board members who want to kick the can down the road. right? <laughs> yes. It's, you gotta, you have to think long-term, you have to have a strategic plan five, 10 years in advance. And, if, you're, if you put together a strategic plan in 2019, you've got. I think you've got to re-relook at that right now because, uh, like you said, the world pretty much changed overnight in March, you know, fifteenth or whatever date it was.
1: It's yeah, we were in a board. Switch. We were in a board meeting with a Southern California club yesterday afternoon, and we put up some videos on the screen of some of the board members at our clubs who you know, a year, three years, five years ago, we're in their position, right? They're trying to fund the break-even budget. They're trying to govern their own club until they did the deal with us. And these board members on the video from our clubs are saying, oh my goodness, we are so glad that we now have a $250 million balance sheet, concerts accelerating capital plans. There will be no assessment and we have nothing to worry about at our club. And if we were still in charge of self-funding it and governing it, I don't know what we would do. And everyone around the board table in this room we were sitting in, were looking at each other like, wow, there's really clubs out there who have absolutely nothing to worry about right now because they have plenty of capital. They're accelerating their capital projects and they know there's no assessment coming. They couldn't believe it. That's and I thought, huh. Thing. Maybe we should do a podcast.
0: That's you know. <laughs> a, it's a beautiful thing. Yep, it's nice to, to 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 know where you stand for sure, and um, appreciate all you've done for this industry. I, I highly recommend clubs if they're in any sort of cash trap situation or you know projecting out and it looks like you're going to have some shortfalls come the end of the year. You reach out to Peter and his team. The website once again concertgolfpartners.com. Peter's extremely accessible. Um, Peter, what's your email for folks if they want to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, it's just uh, P Nanula at ConcertGolfClubs.com.
0: N-A-N-U-L-A is how you spell that. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Peter, I, I enjoyed the talk. I wish we had something really uh, um, uh, thrilling to talk about, but uh, reality is, is what it is. And I appreciate uh, what you guys are doing. And, and thanks for coming on Private Club Radio to share a little time with us.
1: Yeah, thanks for everything you're doing for the industry too, Gabe. Really appreciate it at times like these.
0: Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.